I was surprised this week as I got ready for this message. I wanted us to talk about our words. And so I went to the Bible to learn what I could find out about our words. And I was overwhelmed by how much the Bible has to say about what we say. Just the book of Proverbs. We could spend six weeks just looking at verses in Proverbs alone. And the Bible from the beginning to the end talks about the importance of what we say, how we say it, why we say it, to whom we say it, and when it is said. It's amazing how much is there. So this morning, I want to just, we're just going to scratch the surface, but we're going to have to go pretty quickly to get through uh, some of these verses that I want to share with you. It's, but it, 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 it's important stuff. I also need to tell you that you can call me Mr. Rogers this morning because I'm fitting to get up in your neighborhood. All right? <laughs> Let's look at when words become weapons. If you have your Bible, look in Proverbs chapter 12 at verse 18. Proverbs 12 and 18. It's going to be our base camp, but we're not going to stay here long. Proverbs 12 and 18. The words of the reckless pierce like swords. When our words become weapons... The, the, the reckless, he says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords. When we're not careful, when we're reckless, when we're not careful, our words become weapons. They become like swords. And notice the last half, he says, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Just like the hammer, words can be good or words can be bad. They can be weapons or they can bring healing. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. First, let's think about the first half of that verse as we consider the fact that our words can be weapons. He says it in a different way in Proverbs chapter 25, like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is one who gives false testimony against a neighbor. You see, our words can be weapons, a club, a sword, a sharp arrow. When we're not careful with our words, they can be very harmful. And so I want to show you this morning four weapons. Four weapons that, that are formed when we're not careful with our words. And the first weapon is gossiping. Let's see. There we go. First weapon is gossiping. You know what I've noticed as I've been thinking about this, and I've been thinking about this for some time. You know what I've noticed? Nobody thinks they gossip, but almost everybody does. Is that not true? Almost every one of us in the room today has spoken about someone who was not present, thereby gossiping. And nobody thinks we do it, but we all do. And let's, let's think about it because our words can be weapons. Gossiping is one of the weapons. It causes pain to the people who are being talked about, to their friends and their family. We say one flippant little thing about somebody who's not here, and that gets spread or exaggerated or told. Or it, get, it gets back to that person. It gets to their family, to their friends. And all of a sudden, one silly little comment has hurt an entire group of people. And it happens every single day. 
We damage relationships and reputations so easily. Proverbs chapter 16 says, A perverse person stirs up conflict and gossip separates close friends. A gossip, a person who gossips is what that means. A gossip separates close friends. It brings damage to relationships and reputations. Proverbs 20 and 19, a gossip betrays a confidence. Look at this, listen. A gossip betrays a confidence. In other words, the people that you gossip with cannot be trusted. Whether they're listening to you gossip or you're listening to their gossip, the fact that y'all are gossiping tells you that this is not a trustworthy person. And you need to be careful. A gossip betrays confidence, so avoid anyone who talks too much. Now, there's some good advice that many of us need to listen to. Just avoid it. One way that you can, that, that you can put a, a damper on gossip, stop listening. You know what happens when someone doesn't have an audience? They shut up. A gossip betrays confidence, so don't put your trust in that person. Instead, avoid anyone who talks too much. Listen, a why, it is wise to listen to people who talk about ideas. It is polite to listen to people who talk about things. It is foolish to listen to people who talk about people. Gossiping is one of the weapons that we take too lightly, and yet it is very damaging. Another weapon, when our words become weapons, another one of those weapons is arguing. You know, I don't think I'm the only one who feels this way. But it just seems to me like everyone is angry all the time. You turn on the TV and it's people who are mad at other people. That's what news has become. News is no longer Walter Cronkite telling us what happened. News is these people are mad at these people. It's all, our entire world is angry. Everybody's mad about something. That unfortunately, as a baseball fan, I say unfortunately, that has become the new national pastime, being mad. The weird thing is, there are so many people who are proud of it. That's the part I don't understand. There are so many people who are mean and angry and they're proud that they're mean and angry. They think being angry makes them powerful. Let me give you a quick reality check. Being angry does not prove you're right. Being argumentative does not prove you're smart. Being mean does not prove you're strong. Being, being pushy does not prove your way is best. And being rude does not prove you're important. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 3 says, It is to one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. You're not showing that you're better than me or that you're smarter than me or that you're tougher than me just because you're mad at me. This says every fool is quick to quarrel. We have to be so careful with our words. And one of the weapons that we use is arguing. We need to be aware of it 
and take that out of our arsenal. A third weapon that we use with our words is creating conflict. Not that long ago, I met a person for the first time. I was having a conversation with this person to my, to, to my side. Someone else came in and <clears throat> visited with this person that I was talking to. And because, that was, uh, because I was there, the person who stepped up felt obligated to introduce themselves. And that makes sense, right? You're talking to one person, someone else comes in, they introduce themselves. That's the way that works. This is how the lady introduced herself to me. She said, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I'm a rabble-rouser. I keep things stirred up, and people don't like me very much. And she was proud. And then not too much longer after that, I went to a community event, and I saw her with her church. And the first thing I thought was, I feel sorry for her pastor. Creating conflict does not prove that you have power. It proves there's something wrong. Okay? Now, I know that sounds mean of me, but folks, it's not me. It's the Bible. Do you remember, you remember what we looked at just a minute ago, Proverbs 16, 28? A perverse person stirs up conflict. You get into stirring up conflict, you like seeing the, the hornet's nest all stirred up, you enjoy that, you keep doing that over and over, there's something wrong with you. And that's not John being mean, that's the Bible talking to you. It says a perverse person stirs up conflict. Beloved, there's something wrong if, that, if that's what you get into. Let me show you one of the hardest things for us to hear today in this context. One of the hardest things for us to hear is what God doesn't like. And we find in Proverbs chapter 6, there are six things that the Lord hates. You say, but God is love. He loves everybody. Everything's fine. He, everything's okay. We're tolerant. We accept all. God hates a few things, folks. God hates seven things that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes. Haughty means looking down on other people. God hates that. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies. And a person who stirs up conflict in the community. And by the way, the fact that that is the last one, in Hebrew, that puts more emphasis on it than any of the other six. Seven things that God hates, and, and half of them deal with what we say. And the last one, you aren't cool, you're not tough, you're not, you're not powerful. If you stir up conflict, you're actually doing the one thing that God hates the most in a list of seven things that he detests. Creating conflict is a weapon that we need to take out of our arsenal. Another weapon that, we use, that, that is formed by our words. When words become weapons, one of those weapons is criticizing. I've noticed something. Have you noticed this? People who criticize rarely serve. And people who serve 
rarely criticize. It's the people who sit back in the easy chair in the safe zone who don't have to accept responsibility for any decisions who are so quick and easy to criticize all those who are actually doing something. And it's a weapon that we use to hurt people. Our words become weapons so quickly and one of them is criticizing. Ephesians chapter 4 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Like the hammer, your words can be harmful or helpful. And Ephesians says, use them to benefit people instead of criticizing. Gossiping, arguing, creating conflict, criticizing. These weapons are pervasive in our culture. They're even respected and encouraged. But you and I know better. The rest of the world is going to tear themselves apart with these weapons. And it's just going to get worse, folks. But friends, remember who you are. If you are a Christian, a child of God, a disciple of Jesus Christ, a born-again believer who's filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, then it's time for you to stand up and shut up. Stand up against the weapons that we're using against each other. And shut up means stop using those weapons. Encourage others to stop. And let us stop. We have the power within us to be different than the world. And now more than ever, the world needs to see that difference. So in our original text... We saw in, in, in Proverbs 12 and 18, he makes two statements. The words of the reckless pierce like swords. Words are weapons. But then he says, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. You see, our words can bring healing. The hammer can tear down, but the hammer can also build up. Our words can bring healing. In Proverbs chapter 16, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Words can bring healing. How does that happen? In two ways. Real quickly, let me share with you two things that you need to know so that your words can bring healing. One is a powerful prayer. I'm going to share with you here real quickly a powerful prayer that you and I need to start praying probably every day. Probably we need to start every day with this prayer. You ready? Psalm 141, 3. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. A powerful prayer that will let us make sure that we're using our words for healing. Put a guard over my mouth, God, and don't let those harmful words come out. I want to share with you not only a powerful prayer, but now I want to share with you a special secret. This is huge. This one secret will make you happier, make your family healthier, Make your community stronger and it will make life better. All right? If you'll, if you'll keep this one secret, 
You'll be happier, your family will be healthier, your community will be stronger, and, your, and life will be better. Are you ready? Here's the secret. Just be nice. How come that got so hard for us to do? Just be nice. 1 Peter chapter 3. Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. You can have a better life. Just be nice. Titus chapter 3. Paul is telling Titus, now this is what you should teach the church, Titus. Teach them these things. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities. Be obedient. Be ready to do whatever is good. To slander no one. To be peaceable and considerate. And always to be gentle toward everyone. Just be nice. It's not that hard. 